Hey, Newscast listeners, just want to give you a little information about the mission of the Newscast. Our mission stems from the mission of the Red Smith Banquet, and that mission was to support youth sports in the Fox Valley. Over the 57 years of its existence, we've been honored to give out over a million dollars to various youth sports organizations throughout the Fox Valley. The NoosaCast is looking to continue that mission and support youth sports as well. You can help us do that by donating to the NoosaCast and the Red Smith Sports Banquet. On today's NoosaCast, we have Matt Tenhanken from the Visitors and Convention Bureau. Tosh and I take an old look at new, which is presented by Raleigh Winter. The Redsmith Banquet Throwback takes us back to 1993. And one of the all-time great college basketball coaches, Lou Karnaseka. We end the show like we always do with a little forgetting and forgotten. So what do you say? Let's get this show on the road. So a Red Smith story, not with one of the speakers or one of the big names over there. That might be the coolest story I've ever heard about Red Smith. That's incredible. I never knew that. That's absolutely wild. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation. All right, NoosaCast listeners, welcome to another episode of the fabulous NoosaCast. And we are, uh, we've got to have it here, Joe. Um, We're going to revisit somebody. We are. We are because we're fabulous, Tosh. That's why we're going to do that. We didn't get a, a, a great chance to sit down with Matt Tinhanken um, from the Fox Cities Convention Bureau, uh, but uh, we, we talked about the Discovery Nights with him, and we talked uh, with Paul McCann about Every Kid Plays Grant, but now we actually get to sit down with him, hear a little bit about his story, and then also hear about you know just the incredible um, work that they do, bringing in, bringing in all, all the uh, teams and events um, sports related to the Appleton to the Fox Cities. No, absolutely, Tash. It's exactly what what we were doing. And I, the other thing I like about it is, so we've kind of developed a little bit of a theme. I would say maybe over the last two months, where we we talked with Dave Willems uh, with Mila Music and kind of what went into that, what goes into that huge event and some of the offshoot ideas of that. And then we talked with Jennifer Stefani. Uh, we talked about yeah. what was happening in downtown you know, Appleton and all the events that are happening there. And, and of course, remember we've talked with, uh, with, with the parade guys, Otis and, and, and kind of what right. went into that. And so we're doing the same thing here, here with Matt, we're really diving into to what him it, it does on the sports side, but it, overall, what is the Fox cities visitors and convention bureau does. And they bring, I mean, they bring a lot of money comes into this area because of them and, and a lot of really cool events. And, and it was fun to talk to him and, and really just dive into exactly what do they do and, and what are some of these events? So I, I thought it was a really, really informative and, and a lot of fun. We, we, we had a good interview with Matt. Yeah, it was a blast. I mean, hearing his background and, you know, what what he uh, what he went to school for and how he got here in Appleton and then just hearing about, you know, 250 different events. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, 
Yeah, just a crazy amount. And, you know, you, we, we talk about the sports side, but if we also think about the money side and what that's bringing into the Fox Cities as well, it's just, it's incredible. So uh, it's, it's a great interview. Um, you're going to learn a lot about uh, about what's going on in the Fox Cities. And, and the other thing that, that we should mention really, even right off the top. So you're right. So they, they bring all that money in. They give back too. So they have a lot of grants that go into building field projects. Red Smith has given, you know, money that the both of us have worked kind of together to help field projects, scoreboards, things like like that come into, into play. And, and, you know, with the Every Kid Plays grant and just the development of the fields and just the continuation of bringing the community along for the ride. I, this is it, It's working, yeah. Tash. We're, we're really... We've got something special and, you know, I guess to steal from Jennifer Stefani, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit of that Houdini magic is, is, is sprinkled amongst all of us. Who, who knows? Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it'll be good. And, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, Jennifer Stefani, uh, what a great weekend they had for the yeah. ice festival. I don't know if you got to venture down at all, Joe. Tosh, but, I um, do. I have a story. You do. All right. I do. I had a wonderful time. It was you know, we've had a tremendous winter, but son of a gun, that wind was cold. That that was the only thing that, that was that kind of stunk about it because it really blew right down the avenue. But the sun was out and it made I went down there about one o'clock, right around lunchtime on Saturday. And the okay. the sun was out and those those ice sculptures were just sparkling. It was a beautiful day to take pictures and, and uh they had actually a lot of cool take some selfies at, at, at the uh uh down at the theater and you, you know you could win tickets and things like that so it was it was kind of cool but my daughter amelia and i ended up having lunch at copper rock it's becoming a new okay. cast uh, hangout I, I must say right but unbeknownst to us we sat down and this is the second time i've seen her but this girl her name is lily uh, Lily Collins, and she's, I've only seen her as a solo act, but we sat and watched a set. Tash, she is so, so talented. It's unbelievable. Beautiful boy, voice, but her set list blew me away. It was the Beatles. It was Fleetwood Mac. It was Bob Marley. It was, you know, it was just <laughs> stuff that we really liked. She was, uh, she was really, really cool. I've seen her a Good. couple of times now, and I highly, highly, highly recommend Lily. I know she's on all the social pages, and maybe we'll, we'll try to connect as, as a noosa cast with her but uh yeah it was kind of kind of cool that that's sort of the power of downtown i had no idea she was yeah. playing and we stumbled across that and and man we had we had a great you know one hour set it was awesome plus, plus the food obviously is really really good at at copper rock oh absolutely it, it was it was packed downtown yeah a saturday was a you know it was a great day um traffic was traffic jam every single block there's tons of people out you could people watch um, it was, you know, we've had some really, those sculptures could have been done by Saturday morning the way some of the weather's been, right. It was perfect. It was cold Friday, cold Friday, Friday nights. Uh, then it started to warm up a little bit and you got that nice sun and stuff. And it was, a uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful Saturday for the, uh, Appleton, uh, ice festival. No, I, I agree. It, it, it's cool. I love it. There, there's no better feeling walking downtown than when it's busy, when it's just the sidewalks are full and, and. That was happening Saturday for sure. That was awesome to see. Absolutely. And, you know, and I also, we have to give two shout outs to two wrestling state champions from the area. Yeah. Um, we have Liam Crook from a Kakana 165. He went undefeated for the season. Congratulations to him. And also 
Appleton North's Jake Stoffel, two-time state champ at 175, another undefeated season as well. Yeah, unreal. unbelievable. So we, you know, we talk about the content. Tosh, check out the news a minute. It dropped uh, dropped Sunday. Sunday, or I'm sorry, it dropped Mondays. Usually Monday mornings. Uh, the Newsicast YouTube channel, and and you can get it in podcast form as well. But we specifically talk about the uh, the wrestlers and and Brock Arndt to finish second for for uh, yep uh, for Appleton North as well. Those guys, what a career! Yeah. Both of those guys were seniors and some of the best to ever come through. Uh, really, 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 really and fun to that, watch. That state wrestling championship is as Dan Sharonbrock said. If you go back and listen to his episode, it is truly electric. It is probably one of one of the coolest state events that you're going to see. It is so very, very cool. Um, happy for those all of those wrestlers who made it to state and got to compete. What an honor and uh, what a grind for a season. Those guys, uh, those guys put in a lot. So Boy. fantastic to see. Yeah, they do. I mean, congrats and and. You know that that wraps up wrestling. We're, we're right now in yep. the thick of things with basketball. The girls are, uh, you know, when this yep. comes out, they'll be into their sectionals, and and the boys tournament now starts uh, th- this this week. So, you know, mm-hmm. when, obviously when this comes out, that that'll be in full swing as well. So, yeah, the and March hockey, to Madison hockey right. state state tournament is next weekend as well. Sure, um, couple local kind of local teams as far as we're concerned. Uh, Notre Dame Academy out of Green Bay. Uh, Division one has made the uh, champ state championship and um, St. Mary's Springs out of Fond du Lac has also made the uh, DV, the division two state championship. So um, very cool uh, for those. And uh, yeah, you can check out those on uh, your local television. They'll be playing all the championship games on Saturday. Yeah, Tash, the March continues, right? We're heading right into March now. March Madness, right. the Masters. It's starting to be a good time of year. It is. Absolutely. We have a. Uh, some really good basketball games, like you mentioned as well, Joe. Uh, Appleton East girls are playing Nina. Uh, they both uh, Appleton East went to Superior on a five-hour drive. Wow! And uh, knocked off Superior, so now they get to uh, come back home and <laughs> take on Nina, which is going to be a handful. But um, yeah, congratulations to to the Appleton East girls, and uh, good luck to them as they take on. Nina this week as well. Was that a tournament game? Why did they go up to Superior? Yeah, that's a holy cow. That was the first round of the tournament. Yeah, so I would say that's the a first bad first draw. few rounds. That is a bad draw. Well, yeah, and Appleton East boys are on Friday heading to uh, Eau Claire, playing Eau Claire Memorial. So that's another three and a half hour drive. Wow. So, yeah, they got some tough draws, but uh, good luck to both of them. Um, they're both playing some good basketball right now. Just like a lot of the other teams, I mean, Xavier girls are playing fantastic right now. Uh, the FVL boys are playing very well. They're a number two seed. Um, so yeah, we got uh, we'll have a lot of sports to talk about over the course of the next week here in in the Fox Cities. Yeah, I, it, it it's nuts, Tosh. I mean, these, these kids are so good. These teams are so good in every sport. I mean, we we. We rattle a lot of these schools off for that for you know each sport. Football, they're great, and volleyball, yeah. they're great, and hoops, girls, boys, whatever. They're, it's cool to see. It's a lot of fun to watch. It, you know, we we say it a hundred times. You see the gym lights on, the football lights on. Stop. It's going to be a good game. Absolutely. I don't know. I guess I I need to go catch a game, and and uh, you and I. Well, before we do that, we should probably take an old look at new. You think that sounds like a good idea, Joe? 
it's that time again, once again, for an old look at new, brought to you by Raleigh Winter and Associates, celebrating 55 years. Did you know that in 1962, an Appleton Junior High School teacher with a strong work ethic started a residential realty company? His name, Raleigh Winter. Three generations later, the Winters still hold true to a strong work ethic and an excellent reputation in the community. Today, Raleigh Winter & Associates remain actively involved in providing retail, office, and industrial users an affordable, well-designed working environment through the creation and or acquisition of quality real estate in the Fox Cities and even beyond new. So what do you say? Let's take an old look at new. It is time for that look at history uh, here in Northeast Wisconsin. Uh, we're Wisconsiner. Sometimes we venture out, um, but we try to try to stick around and and see what's happening at least here in the state. So, Joe, what do you have for an old look at new this week? Well, Tash, I think I accomplished the the uh, the mission of, of of taking a look at something here in northeastern Wisconsin, and it it stemmed from the conversation that we're going to hear from from Matt Tenhanken from the uh, Visitors and Convention Bureau, and we were just talking about tourism, and and one of the things we mentioned was how important the airport was, and and we all you know it has a big expansion going on right now. We all fly in and right. in and out of there, and we've noticed a lot of planes coming in there, but. If you go back to 1963, Tash, there was no airport out there. There was nothing out there. <laughs> it was just farm fields. And wow. night, yeah, night, it, it, it's unreal. Uh, I, I have a trusty old history book of, of the Fox Cities, and they have a, a page dedicated to, to Air Wisconsin. And, and that was, I, I, I guess I, I didn't realize this story, but that was basically houdini magic tash i think is what it was it was again local citizens local community leaders stepping up because there was there was no airline service that the republic airlines was okay. here they 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 pulled out service and, and they needed service uh, or they felt that they needed service to the fox cities and 1963 they, they started what was called the fox cities airlines uh incorporated and that turned into air wisconsin so and Okay. 1965, August 23rd, 1965, Air Wisconsin took off for the very first time. So, yeah, oh, that's when it was born, and, and, the, and the rest was was history. You know that connected us to Chicago, and and now look at that airport. It's 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 incredible yeah. to see the flights and Allegiant flies in. I don't know how many times a day, and and it's it's really really yeah. cool to see. So, yeah, Air Wisconsin yes. back. Nice airport. Yeah, that's a little look at it new and. Thank you to, to Matt for triggering that idea. But Tash, how about you? What uh, what are you taking a look at? Well, it's Milwaukee. I know it's an hour and a half, two hours away, but it does have ties back up here to to uh, to Oshkosh now uh, with the Wisconsin herd. But March first, nineteen eighty five, Herb Cole purchased Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, for eighteen million dollars. That was it. Eighteen million dollars, oh. which is absolutely crazy. That in 1985, even think in 1985 that the Bucks were only worth 18 million. Right, right. I mean, that's incredible that a, a professional sports team was only worth that much. So he sold the Bucks in two, in 2013 for 550 million. So he he, he did pretty well with his investment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what, Herb Cole was was incredible. I mean, 
he kept the Bucks in Milwaukee by selling them, putting another two hundred million dollars of his old money into the Pfizer Forum. Yeah. Um, now we just lost him recently, but uh, just a great human being. Did a lot for our states. Oh, he really did. Um, and and you know, and obviously for the Bucks included. Yeah, I mean, what, what a guy he he's been to the Red Smith banquet before. Um, yeah, you know, we we've had him up here. So yeah, I mean, he he. I mean, the guy. I mean, we all know what Coles is, you know, to, to be a, yeah. you know, to, to run that, to, to, to grow that. And then to, to give back like he did. I mean, he didn't need to be a congressman, but, you know, and he put in no. his time to do that. And, and, you know, the sure it's a good investment to own an NBA team, but you don't necessarily have to do that and fight to build new arenas and things like that. He did all of that. Right. So yeah, that, that's pretty cool, Tosh. And yeah, somebody that, that should be admired for sure. Well, that was great. That was an excellent old look at new. And if you like these segments, uh, please make sure you subscribe any place you get your podcasts. And also, don't be afraid to check out YouTube. Yes. And hit subscribe there as well and share it with your friends. We actually get to sit down with Matt Tinhanken. Um, from the Fox Cities Convention Bureau, hear about you know just the incredible work that they do, bringing in all the uh, teams and events, um, sports related to the Fox Cities. Yeah, cool. How how you doing? Everything going well? Really good. Enjoying this uh, spring weather. Ready for summer to be here uh, probably next week, right? <laughs> we're 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 gonna get we're gonna get hit by winter. We're, it's it's gonna come and. <laughs> or I'll complain, but I'll, I'll take it when I can in, in mid to late February. This is awesome. My fear, though, it's going to come in like April or May. <laughs> Probably. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I stopped planning outdoor events for April. Uh, it's just so unpredictable. It can be 80 degrees. It can be 20 degrees. And it's just, you never know. You're April. That's interesting. Except I'm trying to remember... Back to the soccer days, right? Even Memorial Day weekend. I mean, that's always seems to be like a great unknown weekend, too. That can sometimes be really nice, but yeah. I feel like more times than not, it's just raining. Yeah, it's, you know, 60 and rainy on Memorial Day. I think that's the way it normally goes. But, um, yeah, for for years, um, our first soccer tournament was the last weekend of April. And after a number of cancellations, that that's gone away now i think our first real outdoor tournament is the the nina tournament the second weekend of may is usually our first real outdoor tournament now so if you look at a calendar like what's the outdoor season what's the indoor season is the indoor season longer than the outdoor season indoors 365 days a year now like there's no break oh yeah it is yeah 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 the sports seasons just blend together and yeah, we're, we're running indoor events all year long where outdoor is May 1 to October 31st, basically. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess I never, yeah, I, I should have known that, but that is sort of eye opening. So, I mean, obviously the champion center, that, that thing, right. So they're playing basketball, volleyball predominantly are those really the, the, the driving sports that go year round like yeah, that? If you're an elite level volleyball player, you are playing high school. Um, you're doing some tournaments in, in high school in, in mid July already. Yeah. Summer, summer ball. 
and then your your practices start August. If you go to state, you're playing till the first week of November. Right. You're doing tryouts for your club team the second or third week in November. Your club season starts basically right after Thanksgiving, and some of those club teams are now the the USA Volleyball Championships this year. I think is mid July, so it's basically a twelve month. Okay. A, a, a year sport now for for high level club volleyball. I think we're seeing that yeah. with with almost all the sports too. If you're at that highest level, you're you're playing year round. And whether it's hockey, whether it's uh, even even to a point lacrosse now as well, it's just everything's getting to that point where you need those indoor facilities so that you can attract those teams to come to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's a basketball coach. Um, part of me wants to say it's it's great that kids are playing a lot, but it has to be come within reason. I feel like some sports, those natural just breaks that the the kids have aren't there anymore. Um, yeah. And especially, I, I get it for some kids. You know, when they get to you know high school or to get to sophomore junior year. By by then they 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 know their sport. They yeah. maybe they're the, the one sport that's just right for that kid, and they love it, and they want to do it, really focus on it. But it's creeping down now. That specialization that that kids are just doing one sport now at a younger younger age, and I don't right. think that's entirely healthy for them um, with the wear and tear on their body, especially if we're going twelve months out of the year. Hey Matt, are you uh, are you coaching your uh, your girls? Are you a coach? Yeah, I coach my my daughter's third grade Nina basketball team. <laughs> right. That how how is that? How do you like that experience? It's really fun. There's 20 girls on the team, so we all practice together. Um, we have five coaches, so it makes it a little bit easier um, to manage uh, that amount of energy um and then we divide up the teams uh evenly for our, our tournaments our last tournament is in a little shoot uh on saturday um but it's just a really fun experience and um a lot of really good kids are there are, are there enough coaches at, at that level are you seeing or, or do your parents really have to step up is that was that out of love? I'm sure it was out of love on your part, but I mean, is it tough to fill all the slots? Um, for us, it wasn't really that that hard. I think we're pretty fortunate. We have a good group of uh, families that uh, a lot of coaching experience in those um, in the, with those kids' parents. Um, not all necessarily in basketball, but um, other sports and understanding the the basics of coaching youth sports, and so it's it's all there. Yeah, the bigger problem that that I see with a lot of there's a lot of parents that do want to coach, but they have three kids that are in sports right now, and they're trying yeah. to straight. You know, one's got practice at six o'clock on Tuesday, one's got practice at six thirty, and another's got practice at seven. And, and who's doing pickup and drop offs? And, and we can't coach. We have to, you know, yeah. you know, Uber for our children. So uh, yeah, it really is. I, I remember those days well. I know Tosh, you yeah. you have those that. That's a huge issue. You're right. I, I can see how that affects the, the coaching. Do you plan then? To, do you plan to coach them through a certain grade? You know, several years be be, the, be kind of their their coach in basketball. As of right now, that's my hope. Yeah, as long as my daughter yeah. still will will have me and not be super annoyed by me, <laughs> uh, I'll keep on doing it as long as she wants me to do it. It's it's really fun, and I think we got a, a good team that 
you know, we can really come together and, and do some really good things in the future. But right now it's just basically learning the basics of the sport. That's the age that's, that you, you bring that up. It's learning the basics and it's fun to coach that. I, I got to the point with baseball with my sons and I, I knew I couldn't coach them anymore. They needed to hear somebody else. <laughs> but yeah. um, that age is so much fun because it is about just the love of the game and learning how to play and just having having a good time. You don't have quite that pressure on on that age group, which is great. Yeah, you get into a, a competition setting and, and naturally you just want to win. And, yeah. you know, I'm sitting there like, oh, do I run a pick and roll right now and, and get some buckets <laughs> or do I scheme something up and try to, to get some extra points or, or what am I focusing on, you know, in practice? You know, do I focus on plays and, you know, you know, trying to, you know, get some quick buckets in, in, with plays and practice and really work on that? Or do I spend time working on the mechanics of, of shooting and, you yeah. know, basics of de- defense? So, you know, we try to kind of set them up for the future and, and, and teach them the basics so that, you know, when we do get to that more competitive, you know, point down the road that they are ready to, you know, focus on, on competing at a higher level. So right now, we're taking a few more losses than I, I would want, but that's, that's okay. I think the, the wins will come in the future, so it'll be all right. Do you have a background? Uh, I know we talked uh, earlier in one of the podcasts, but um, is your growing up, were you a basketball player in like elementary, middle, and high school? Was that your sport? Yeah, um, basketball is my main sport. Um, okay. I played um, probably first grade uh, through high school, and then I played uh, two years at UB Sheboygan, so um, right. played quite a bit of basketball. Um, I played football in high school. Played baseball up until ninth grade. I played golf in high school. Actually, at UB Sheboygan, they needed people on the tennis team, and my buddy on the basketball <laughs> team and I were shooting around the gym, gym in the spring. And, and the coach came. He's like, "Guys, we need two more players to do fifth and sixth singles. <laughs> do you want to be on the tennis team?" I'm like, "I haven't." play tennis since gym class in high school i know cool what i'm doing but i was a college tennis player i guess so there you go <laughs> yeah no big deal right <laughs> yeah so a little bit of everything just had okay. an incredible love for sports and you know all that comes with it is have so many great memories and learn so many you know main you know things that i, I still carry with me today and in, in everything i do in life so um pursuing a career in sports was um something that really excited me and um has been a a great you know now 20 plus year career yeah tosh was right we we had you on yeah i think you were probably well it was right around that discovery night which was was pretty cool Mm -hmm. um so you know, people go back and listen to that. You'll, you'll learn a lot about kind of what, what you do, but we didn't dive into what we're Tasha's diving into, but you know, kind of what, you know, you're, you're UW Sheboygan, you love sports. Do you see yourself? I mean, there's a lot of different directions in sports you can go. Um, you're in a pretty awesome spot, I think, and a really cool job. I mean, is that something you're seeking out like in a, in a convention bureau like you do? Um, or were you thinking, you know, like the minor league baseball route, something like that? I mean, how, how do you decide what to do in sports? Yeah, I'll be honest. I was never uh, seeking out this position. And honestly, the the world of sports tourism, convention and visitors bureaus, the, the business of youth sports was something I really didn't know existed um, in college. And really, 
has blown up um, in the last 10, 15, 20 years as, you know, you know, tournament play and travel sports have just increased so much. When I was in college at, at lacrosse, um, getting my undergrad degree in, in sport management, um, I like probably a lot of my classmates and probably, you know, a lot of people that are interested in sports automatically, you know, gravitated towards the highest levels. So I want to be in pro sports. I want to, you know, work at a division one college. I want to work for the the Packers or the Lakers or the Cowboys. I want to work for the best teams. I want to be the general manager. I want to be the best. Well, you know, as, as my <clears throat> classes went on and as I got more volunteer experience, as I got more understanding of the you know, landscape of, of sports, I realized that, you know, a kid from uh, Sheboygan Falls and uh, went to lacrosse with no experience in pro sports, graduating college, probably has got a long shot to start working in, in professional sports. So um, while I was at lacrosse, I had the, the fortunate experience to intern with the athletic department and uh, gain a lot of really good experience doing a variety of tasks and really uh, fueled my love for uh, small college athletics. Um, and I was able to turn that into a semester-long internship with the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, a Division Three conference in Minnesota, uh, with uh, 13 private colleges. Um, at the time, St. Thomas was in the conference, so they've gone D Division One, But Augsburg, Bethel, St. Olaf, a uh, number of great universities, St. John's, all are in that conference. And I, I spent uh, six years um, being assistant commissioner after my internship in that uh, in that conference, and really had a, a terrific experience uh, learning all about college athletics, not only Division three, but but all levels, and then um, making a lot of great connections and, and had a great experience there. Um, it, it came in 20, uh, 2010 to two thousand nine um, that was ready to to move back closer to home. You know, my wife and I wanted to start a family, so we started looking for. For positions in in eastern Wisconsin, and was fortunate enough to come along, uh, come across the the position at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, um, and was able to to land that position in June of 2010. So I'm closing in 14 years here, um, working here uh, in Appleton and, and promoting all that is sports in the Fox Cities. Was that a relatively new position at that time, or was that kind of an established position? Um, Someone was in that position, uh, maybe not 100% full-time, um, maybe like split between convention um, sales or um, some other marketing roles. But someone was in that position since 2001. <clears throat> the Fox Cities Convention Visitors Bureau was actually the first um, organization in the state of Wisconsin to have a full-time uh, dedicated sports person to work on the, in the sports market. So. Uh, a few guys had that position before me, uh, before I came on in 2010. You almost came, I, I mean, you came on just about at the perfect time, didn't you? I mean, you were able to, kind of sounds like you probably developed the position more or less, but you, right at the absolute perfect time as, as travel ball and youth sports just absolutely exploded. And then the facilities followed behind that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Very fortunate time. You're absolutely right. Um, when I started, my first year, we hosted 120 uh, events that brought visitors to the area in the Fox Cities. 
Wow. In 2023, 20, we hosted 240. So we doubled it. In, in 14 years, we've doubled it. Um, um, mainly because of, like you said, the, the, the explosion of, of interest in youth sports and some really great facilities that uh, facilitate uh, us to have the opportunity to host these events. Can that 240 number, is that, is that pretty much the max, would you, would you say? Or is there, is there room to grow that with, with the current state, say, of facilities? Or do we need to take maybe another, another step to, to grow whatever facility? Yeah, we'll we'll be able to increase that a little bit this year and in, in 2025. Um, we're, we're, we do a lot of work uh, a year or two in the future, so I think we'll grow that number a little bit, um, but not a lot. Um, a, a couple of reasons. Um, one, you know, there's only so many weekends of the year where teams are traveling and playing in tournaments for for whatever venue it is. But two, if it's if it's a locally hosted tournament um the the volunteers that are needed to um to host those events is just a, a, such a big lift and we can't really be asking volunteers to work every weekend and host tournaments so it's not realistic yeah uh, you know the i i was able to volunteer at the nina um uh, middle school uh, last weekend we hosted the fifth grade uh girls state basketball championship and had 34 oh, nice. teams massive event uh really cool uh event really intense uh competition a lot of good, good teams um big crowds uh but every single parent who has a child in the the third through 12th grade nina girls basketball program had a volunteer shift so you're asking every single parent to put two to three hours in on a, on a saturday or sunday to help out with this massive event it's a great fundraiser for the program but to think that um nina girls hoops club could do that more than a, a few times a year is, is just unrealistic so um yeah we're going to cap out um and plateau our, our numbers in the very new fu near future was that event held at the new high school no it's actually at uh the middle school Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So then I'm assuming a lot of those families are staying in hotels too. They're coming from all over the state yeah, to play. Yeah, quite a few. Yeah. Every, every corner of the state we had, had teams coming in from. So um, really good hotel pickup. What is this? I, I guess, what is the overall state of hotels? I mean, you're you pretty pleased. Are the hoteliers, I don't know what the right term is, but I mean, are, are the hotel rooms being filled, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to ask. You're right. You got the lingo down. Hoteliers. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm hip. I'm hip. <laughs> um, for the most part, our, our hotels are, are doing well. We do have uh, opportunity to increase our occupancy a, a little bit. We want to raise that up a little bit. The um, average um, nightly rate is, is quite strong still. Um, inflation really bumped that up and it's kind of stabilized, um, but it's still pretty high. So the revenue um, that the hotels are gener generating is, is very positive. Um, I think the, the weekday travel, you know, post COVID still isn't picked up to where it was pre COVID. So those yeah. business travelers aren't traveling in the volume that they have in the past. So that's impacting our, you know, Sunday night through Thursday night stays. Um, we really, um, for, for sports, um, we really can only do, for the most part, Friday and Saturday night pickups. And um, for most 
almost every weekend we're doing pretty well with with filling a good number of our hotel rooms but then again like you know we have 3600 hotel rooms in, in the fox cities some of those properties aren't really what a lot of our um traveling teams are, are looking for so that's a, a percentage that we really don't utilize in and then even at some of the, the properties that we we do utilize they only have so many rooms with two beds right. so it, usually you know a quarter or, or a third of, of their hotel has one has rooms with one bed in it and our, our teams usually don't utilize those unless grandma and grandpa is staying at the hotel with them um so right. um you know, we, we do our best to, to fill all those um, rooms that um, our, our, our teams would want. So looking ahead to 2025 in the NFL draft, how is that going to be for you guys? I mean, I would assume that you're looking at pretty much occupancy here in the Fox Valley is going to be pretty tight. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, I love the NFL draft and, you know, yeah, been following it for years, and you know, think about you know, if if I was going to a, another city for the draft, you know, my guys and I hopped in the car and we drove to wherever we're going, flew, you know, we probably would come in Wednesday, experience yeah. the city, you know, do the um, NFL experience stuff. Thursday's a big night, right? You got to yeah. be there Thursday. Friday, you know, second and third round picks are, are more valuable than ever. And you're probably going to watch and be there for all that. Then Saturday, I think it's going to die down a little bit with the diehards. But, you know, the, the more local families will come and experience it, assuming the weather is nice. Um, it's it's outdoors, which I'm assuming a good portion of it would be. So I think a lot of, you know, in terms of hotels, our, our pickup is going to be super strong that week with with media and those those fans traveling in you know earlier in the week um will we be sold out on saturday and sunday maybe not but okay. we're already making plans like we've we've moved some of our events around that you know the champion center you know at last week in august is a really good travel basketball weekend um we're gonna host uh event with more local teams that weekend so we don't fill up the hotel rooms and okay you know so yeah we're, we're already planning out you know what the impact of of that event's going to be and it's going to be awesome i can't wait yeah. um hopefully i can get there and experience it <laughs> but uh, it's gonna be really fun is there going to be any events do you know of like uh, is it going to stretch down to the fox valley is there going to be any kind of i haven't heard of anything um happening in the fox valley i would i would assume that some of the the smart restaurant bar owners would, would have some parties and do some shuttle buses, you yeah. know, from right. from their establishment to to the area. But I believe the the footprint that they're going to use in Green Bay is going to be massive, like yeah. like Cabela's to Tundra Land, yeah, or Tundra Lodge, wow, massive. Like right. that's going to be the area where they they have all the the stuff going on. So it's going to be a, a Bay event. And, you know, for, for us here in the Fox Valley, um, you know, it's a 25 minute drive. And I think people realize, don't realize that, you know, when you're talking Kansas city, uh, you were driving 45 minutes, staying that, that far outside of the uh, city to get into the draft. So we're a pretty close destination, a pretty close tight area that it's not a bad drive for people to get to. 
No, no. I'm, I'm definitely going to take uh, the country roads through freedom to get there. Yeah. I'm not going to take 41. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really convenient for us. Right. I was going to ask you, I, and this is out of your domain, I, I'm a little bit, like all the flight, the Allegiant flights, I, you know, they're obviously leaving the Fox cities going somewhere. Um, but are, are we bringing anybody like, say, from Nashville or um, are people coming here, I guess, on, on those flights to specifically, you know, the other way, the reverse way to come visit us? Yeah, 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 they are. Um, there's a handful of teams that have um, competed in the Fox cities that have used, you know, you know, ATW um, uh, for for events to come here. A lot of our, you know, we had a world accident knife throwing. A lot of those folks flew in on a number of those flights. So um, definitely um, benefiting from the success that ATW has had. They are a, a fantastic partner of ours, and uh, hopefully they keep on adding more flights so we can keep on bringing more people in, and then all of us can go to our favorite destinations. <laughs> it's been fun to watch that airport grow. I, I, this will tell you how old I am. I can remember my dad bringing me out when I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old in the 70s. You could literally walk out and walk right up in, into the airplane, you know, at night after they're, they're parked there and they would go out the next morning. You could just walk into the airplane and, and look <laughs> and then just leave. And, and it to see what it's growing to now and, and the expansion that's going on, it's it, it really is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of neat to see. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's a nice I, I love flying out of ATW. The the worst thing about it, you know, I, I usually fly five or six times a, a year for going to trade shows or events around the country. Um, and I like to take the morning flights out and can get there like half an hour before your flight leaves and scoot through security and, and get to the gate on time. But then I get this mindset of, uh, oh, I don't have to get to the airport very early. And then my way back, I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm in Dallas. I have to get there more than half an hour early. Otherwise, I'm not going to get on my flight. <laughs> Tosh, we found some hidden gems. I think I think ATW yeah. definitely is a, is a hidden gem for sure. So, Matt, you mentioned that axe and knife throwing. I, I, I know you, you told a little bit about the story early you know, in one of our first podcasts, but that's a that's an awesome event jennifer stefani was on she mentioned it she walked stumbled across it i mean what a thing to stumble into down downtown um and, and they're coming back right I, I i think or is that event yeah uh it, it, we're, we're uh, working on the final details to bring them back in april of 2025 so the world nice again on espn again so um really excited to to keep on working with them awesome group of people like you have your your mindset of big dude with a beard and flannel <laughs> and tattoos everywhere but the guy who won the u.s open this year um was maybe 140 um 23 years old california kid just it's all walks of life with axe throwing. And that's what makes it so cool that, you know, we have these people from around the country, around the world coming to Appleton. They're there for the competition. They want to throw well. They they are they take it very seriously. But when they're done throwing, they want to experience all that we have. And they experience everything that we had. They went everywhere. Museums, they told us about museums they went to. You know everything they ate. You know going to comedy club, going to the skyline. 
like it was such a, a perfect tourism event for us to be able to to sit and watch them throw an axes but then they come up to us and say where's the best best breakfast place in town tell me your favorite place for breakfast and then they would come back and report back like the eggs benedict was so good like it's a, <laughs> right you know it's so fun to hear the the stories that they have and the experiences that they have in, in appleton so those are those are when that makes the 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 job really rewarding hearing things like that oh yeah when, when so when is the I, potential one or the next one when when is when, uh, when can we expect that april of 2025 okay yeah okay april of 2025 definitely going to check that out Excellent. and they so those guys they just stay right downtown walk over to the convention center and, and chuck axes and knives yeah i think they, they pretty much sell out the paper valley um and then they stay you know at hotels around the area too a smattering uh, around the area some have a group of 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 throwers that they stay together and they get an airbnb and you know they're, sure. they're oh, all yeah. over town I, I forgot to ask jennifer this question but I, I wanted to ask you do you envision another hotel downtown say in the next 10 years or something maybe less um uh, i i've never thought about that um i don't know where it would go um probably on north side of college i guess um I think it could be successful. Um, I really like the um, courtyard by Marriott along the river. Um, that's a, a beautiful yeah, property, that's a great, great location. Anything we can do to accentuate the river, because um, it's just kind of hard to get down there sometimes, and a lot of you know old buildings along the the riverfront. I think whatever we can do to you know highlight the riverfront is is good. Um, I honestly have never thought much about having more hotels downtown. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, a, uh, you know, I'm a letter carrier. You, you think of these things as you walk through, <laughs> through town. But, uh... So are, are there any uh, other events maybe coming up this summer that you're excited about and uh, you're looking forward to? Yeah. So like every weekend we have events going on. There isn't a weekend that we have off. So it's, um, really fortunate that we can um, have something to really highlight or, or talk about for every single weekend of the year. Wow. Uh, yeah. The one the one that's coming up that I'm excited that we haven't hosted before, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Um, we're hosting the Badger Region Volleyball 11 and 12-year-old state championships. Oh. Um, so it's the first two years of, of club volleyball for, for these kids. So they're just starting out. Okay. We have 104 teams coming to the Champion Center the second weekend wow. of August. We're going to use 13 courts. Uh, it's going to be so many people in there. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be maybe the biggest um, hotel generator uh, event that we've had at the Champion Center. Okay. Um, it's going to um, be a lot of volleyball in, in, in two days and a lot of a lot of families coming to town so we're excited to see how that one goes that if it goes well has the potential to lead to more you know volleyball uh, at that level kind of the state state championship club volleyball sure. level events in the future for us and that would be a great thing to have because our our march you know like i said march and april we're still focusing on our indoor stuff we can't really do outdoor right. yet so anything we can do to really beef up our our March and April weekends, uh, we we're always searching for those right events. 
when we had you on, I, I went back and listened to the episode because I, I, I'd forgotten what, what we talked about. And Paul kind of threw Paul McCann threw this out here and specifically to the champion center. And, and I, you might've expanded it on a little bit, but I mean, the expansion of the champion center, is that something that, that, that you're really looking to do? I mean, it, it, it seems like there's, a, you know, it would be great to double its size. I'm sure at least the hardwood. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. That's something we are seriously um, going after right now. We want to add four more basketball courts or eight more volleyball courts, make the champion center the destination um, in, in the Midwest for sure. Top one of the top ones in the country um, for not only, not only core sports, but, but ice sports as well. And the way we can do that um, with the expansion is, you know, we would have 16 permanent volleyball courts with that wow. uh, addition. And that would allow us to keep the, the current field house and the, the addition um, running volleyball really through March into April, maybe even May. Then we can keep our, our seasonal arena ice longer and put the the seasonal arena ice in earlier in October. So okay. the timing of, of keeping the the courts in, in the seasonal arena really shrinks down just a few months where, where hockey really isn't, you know, in, in in you know too much demand, but travel basketball is. So, you know, even though we'd be adding the court sports, the the ice sports would benefit benefit from it as well. And I think we could just take the, you know, experience and the, the opportunity for, you know, economic impact and, and community well-being to it's a whole nother level. So we've um, gone pretty far in the, you know, thoughts of trying to get grants and, and fundraising dollars to to get that um, expansion going. Um, and we've got the drawings. We have the, the plans or we're, we're, we're close. So. Um, okay. We're hopeful that in, in 2024 that, you know, that that becomes a reality. Boy, that'd be incredible. I, yeah. I, I, when, when you talk about that, about it as a destination, for, especially for volleyball, I think about, you know, my son's played, I, I one that played travel soccer, one that played travel lacrosse. So we would find ourselves once or twice a year down in, you know, Indiana at Grand, uh, the Grand Park Complex. To me, just the the most incredible sports camp complex in the nation that I've seen is, is that that place is, it's just unbelievable. But I, I remember when it started from nothing, there was maybe one or two hotels around there to what it is out. Now I haven't been down there in a while, but I have buddies that have kids that are, you know, going down there for volleyball and, and they, they're telling me stories of just the expansion. And, and it's a real thing that if you, if, you know, the Fox cities became a volleyball destination. I think the, the explosion is real. You can see that happening over the years in different parts of the country. Yeah. There's some um, communities that are just natural tourism destinations that have venues that are similar, you know, Myrtle beach and um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee have really nice indoor facilities. Those are already, you know, Wisconsin Dells type uh, communities that are, are bringing in visitors. But then you have like Westfield, Indiana, like you'll, you would have never stepped foot in Westfield, Indiana, if it wasn't for Grand Park, but it was corn. It was nothing but corn. Yeah. It's super flat. There's nothing there, 
but they're on the, just on the northern tip of the Indianapolis suburbs and um, fairly affluent communities around them. And their mayor uh, back in the day had, you know, really a brilliant mindset of trying to um, draw these these families to their community to develop their economy. And they've done a fantastic job with it. Not only do they have a million outdoor fields and the I think it's three full-size soccer fields under one roof, which is just ridiculous. Wow. Um, they have a eight-court basketball facility there too that hosts, you know, Nike EYBL tournaments and Under Armour Circuit tournaments all summer long. So they do fantastic work. That's what makes your job so fascinating. I mean, boy, you just have to be the mouth has to be watering if this, this goes through, and, and and you have that 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 type of facility one i mean it's beautiful we, we we discovered that at discovery night you know champion center is incredible it's it's, it's a first class facility and to be able to to add on to that it's just uh, it's it's you know that's a hidden gem as well tash we're discovering things <laughs> <laughs> so i guess a question for you is how do you sell the fox cities when you're competing with places like that for instance yeah so we go to five or six trade shows a year and we have speed dates. So I'm doing one first week in April in Las Vegas. I'll have 40 10 minute meetings over the course of two and a half days. My wow. brain will be absolutely scrambled eggs <laughs> when I, I leave there um, because it's a meeting with USA hockey, then a meeting with a group that does triathlons then a meeting with a group that does travel baseball then I'm meeting a group with us volleyball and just back to back to back to back, trying to keep them right and talking about different things every time. And what I always try to, to hit on um, with selling the Fox cities is we are the perfect community for you to bring your young children to compete. Right. We are safe. We are affordable. We are easy to get around. Yeah. We don't have massive water parks, but we also don't have super high prices. We don't have skyscrapers, but we don't have really horrible crime or snarling traffic. So that's the the, the sell. It's nothing flashy. Yeah. It's you know what many families want now. If someone says my 12 year old is the best figure skater in the country, I need to go to this competition. If we're going to host that competition, your focus is going to be on this event. We'll give you a great hotel room. You can eat anything you can think of. Your focus is on this competition, and we know that. When you're done, there's plenty of things for you to do and eat and explore, but you know our community is set up very well that we have great facilities for whatever you want to compete at, and we have the amenities to make your experience your stay here comfortable so the the, the cell isn't very flashy um we're not selling um you know you know water parks or, or skyscrapers but we're, we're selling a, a great family experience hey newscast listeners you can find every episode on apple podcasts spotify or youtube Please help us grow by subscribing or sharing the NoosaCast with friends or follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok, or Instagram.
you know, this, I, really, I, sh- I should have mentioned this. I mean, you're the sports. We're, we're talking all sports, but I mean, you guys at, at the convention bureau as a whole do a, a heck of a lot more than, than than just sports to bring people here and conventions here. I mean, how, how is how is the convention picking up since COVID? Now, a couple of years since COVID, are is, are the numbers are they stronger? Are they yeah. going up? What yeah, what's, it's, what it's is definitely growing. good? Um, the, the convention seasons are, are kind of seasonal. Um, really hit it hard in the fall um, and in the spring, not so much in the summer or, or over the holidays, but um, it's definitely picking back up again. Uh, we got two full-time staff members that are, are focused on conventions. So um, they're, they're, they're doing good. Um, yeah. So we have, we have nine in our office now. Um, uh, myself and Abby McDaniel um, is our sports marketing manager. We focus on sports. At two in convention, we did have two that are marketing, leisure travel, social media, um, and then we have a, a kind of visitor center, a little bit of jack of all trades person, the finance director, and our executive director Pam Seidel. So we have a, a really sure. good team. We do a yeah. lot of work for having nine people in the office. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. You, you guys really do. This the social is interesting, isn't it? In your fourteen years, that that's really changed, hasn't it? Just that whole aspect and how you attract people, and yeah, it's, it, it's a whole new world. It is a whole new world, and it's really hard to keep up with. And <laughs> yeah, I I don't spend much time trying to keep up with it, but uh, I know that it's uh, a significant uh, amount of of the work that we're putting into there because it's so so important yeah if you can do that and do that well boy but you can reap the rewards for sure yeah we're, we're trying to tell our story to anyone and everyone you know what's the the avenue that you do that is it you know you know newspapers or the radio or magazines or websites or social media or tv like there's so many different places to go and social media is now you know, pushed its its way to the forefront of being a great way to tell our story to many, many people for a very affordable price. Yeah, no, I your website is I love I go on your website all the time just to if I'm looking for something to do in the Fox Cities, that's the website I, I go to just to look. Um, and there, there is, yeah. there's a lot to do. Yeah, what's going on this weekend? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that for sure, yeah. for sure. And there. Yeah, I mean, we obviously should be playing in the snow, but uh, there's a lot of great, you know, the trail systems over the 14 years you've been here, the biking. Um, I, you know, I've, I've told that story a million times, but I mean, it's, biking around here is is so it's so much improved in four, in 14 years as well. Uh, yeah, trestle yeah, bridges. The, the trail and, network has really, really joined together very nicely. There was a, a smattering of trails all over the place, and they've done a really conscientious effort of connecting those trails and, and making it um, so much nicer and, you know, scenic for bikers, runners, walkers. Yeah, it's great for us as residents. Is that, is that something where, where people would come and stay? And I mean, there, there would be enough to do. I mean, I would think there's enough to do in the Fox cities. If you're a biker to, to bike and enough restaurants and, and enough water space and, mm-hmm. you know, downtown Nina, downtown Appleton, places like that, you know, B and B's to stay. I would think it is a nice weekend to come here and do those kind of activities. Yeah, definitely something we promote that um, it's it's easy to 
to get on all our, our trails uh, through the area and then you know whatever it is you may enjoy doing when you're you're done um, on the trails um, we have it for you in, in great supply in, in, in a short distance and um, definitely a story that that we tell through through all of our, our channels so we had Jennifer Stefani on we, we talked to Dave Willems you know those are big events that they kind of work you know together with you know with each other you you bring events to uh to the paper valley and the convention center down there um do you are you guys all kind of woven together do you work together pretty closely with with adi and with with milo music during that that time of year um helping each other out yeah for sure yeah those are great partners of ours um uh dave and, and jennifer are incredible people um helped i helped dave uh, launch Bike to the Beat back in the day before sure. it was called Bike to the Beat. Um, we're trying to... I did that this past year and I loved it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it was we're, good. We're trying to, to get a, um adult volleyball tournament off the ground for Milo Music Weekend this year at the Champion Center. We want to do um, a, alumni tournament so you can play with your high school team or your club team and play in a tournament against other um alums um so you know the post-college crowd that they can play in a tournament from say 9 a.m to 3 p.m on, on the the saturday of mile music and then they can go out and explore mile music afterwards so we're, cool. we're just putting the finishing touches on that one trying to to get that set and um launch that in the next couple of days so that's exciting uh and hopefully we'll we'll lead to to big things in the future too you know, we might have, I, we kind of asked you this before and, and I, and I just a weird, curious question that I always have, like, how, how do these ideas come to you just, just to put these events together? Do you guys sit in a room and just brainstorm? Do you, um, I don't know, sit in the shower and have it, have an event pop in your head? I mean, how, how do they pop out? How do the, uh, then, then just, how do you apply it and just make it happen or get it out of your head and, and, and make it real? <laughs> There's a variety of ways. I don't know. I'm just always just like exploring what other people are doing, but then also like I can't shut my brain off, and so I'll, I'll think of these things at nine o'clock tonight, and I'll come up with some idea and start sketching things out, and and just you know yeah. bring all the pieces together. And and for every event that does come together and work out well, there's there's just as many that happen one year and fail, or they never even come to fruition because of whatever reason. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of trial and error, um, variety of ways. I, I, there's, there's no magic formula. That's kind of the best part of the job though, isn't it? That's the rush, isn't it? That, that, that ride, whatever that is, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, yeah just yeah. getting an idea, just morphing it out of your head and it's just, you know, holy cow, ax throwings here, you know, on ESPN. Yeah. Honestly, that's the way the champion center came about. It wasn't that, you know, uh, there was some like grand plan put in front of us that like, you have to do the champion center like this. It was like, I think we can do this and let's put all these yeah. heads together and let's see what we can come up with. And it was just kind of an idea that, you know, led to a lot of other ideas and a lot of, you know, work, but a lot of benefit too. You're on the news to cast after all. I mean, Tosh and I are just, uh, that, that's exactly what we did. You know, we, we have no idea what we're doing, but we thought, hey, it's kind of a cool idea. Let's 
let's do it. Red Smith's been around for a long time. You, you know, the, yeah. you guys have been forever. You guys bought tables at the Red Smith banquet. I, I you know, I remember that for forever. You were huge supporters of the banquet. So thank you from that standpoint. That was always great. So a Red Smith story, um, not with one of the speakers or um, one of the big names that were there, but um, it was probably 2015, 2016. Uh, we had our table next to uh, Boots Chiropractic's table. And yes. Dennis Smith from Kakana High School was there as a guest with the Boots. And he started talking to someone at our table and they leaned over uh, and said, I think it was Jay Parrish from Appleton Trophy. And Jay was talking to Dennis and Jay's like, man, you got to talk to Dennis. He's into powerlifting and they want to do events. I'm like, all right, let's go. So at a meeting with Dennis, two years later, we're hosting the high school, um, high school national powerlifting championship. <laughs> um, the, the, the exhibition center opens, um, and we posted the state high school powerlifting championship. I think every year that's been open, uh, oh, that's wow. coming up next weekend. Okay. Um, Dennis, um, has taken a step back. There's a new, uh, group of powerlifting folks, Joe Lewis from Nina, who is a, a legend in the powerlifting community is still around, but, um, uh, Quentin Meyer, who is uh, with USA Limitless, um, he's a powerlifter. Yeah. He's hosting um, uh, a number of events at his own gym, but he's going to host a regional powerlifting championship at the Exhibition Center in June, and he's going to host the the high school national championship again in March of 2025. Wow. So um, the one conversation. Uh, at the Red Smith, at Red has Smith. now led to Incredible. 10 plus events, literally millions of dollars coming into the Appleton community because of, of what you guys did with Red Smith. <laughs> that might be the coolest story I've ever heard about Red Smith. That's incredible. I never, <laughs> I honestly never had, I never knew that. That's absolutely wild. Yeah. 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 Just, just getting people in a room this relaxing and talking and opening up seems to always lead to something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, it's weird. That's what I think about all the time with, with, with this, when you just have conversation and, and people just, you reminisce and you talk about just different things that are interesting in the community. I just feel like it's just, I don't know, relaxed, natural conversation. It's yeah. It's truly amazing. What either what you learn or what comes out of it. So whatever we can do to, facilitate you know those conversations you know it doesn't have to be yes. us three talking but if you know someone and i know someone and say you guys should talk because you both have a lot in common you never yeah. know that helps. so maybe you can make a noosa cast happy hour we can all get together <laughs> yeah there we there go, go. <laughs> hey, we, we we like happy hours yeah, you can absolutely. The, the beer selection <laughs> yeah so many great restaurants we uh, you talked about a little bit about some of this. Is there anything else coming up this summer? You events that you're you know like might be new or that the listeners can be excited about as well. You know the thing is like we do 240 events a year, but so many yeah. of them are, are reoccurring, and so many many of them are um, youth sports focused that they're yeah. not usually like big time like uh, spectator events. Okay. 
Um, we are hosting um, from January 20th to I think the second weekend of May, I think Mother's Day weekend. Uh, every weekend except for Easter, the uh, state bowling championship. So we have 10,000 oh. bowlers from the state of Wisconsin oh. coming to bowl at either Super Bowl in Appleton or uh, Rolling Thunder in Nina. Sure. So every weekend there's a new group of bowlers coming in and they're competing for uh, thousands of dollars in cash and prizes um, with their, their competition. So a uh, really fun event, <clears throat> really, really good people uh, running that event and um, uh, a lot of fun. They 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 like the axe throwers. There's a lot of similarities between okay. the axe throwers and the bowlers that they they want to compete and they want to you know be successful, but they also like to have a good time too while they're here. Well, that's good. You know, Matt, it, Chris Winter, who's you know, you know, Chris, part of our for our Redsmith Nusa group. Um, his his son Luke is is an incredible bowler. He's he's on uh, one one of the top bowlers at, at Whitewater. But he came up through this program. He would have bowled in this thing, you know, a couple of years ago. But that whole world, Chris, opened my eyes to. It's 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 absolutely incredible the competition. But what those kids play for? I mean, college money they're, they're basically playing for and in just the size and scope of this and then just how good these kids are but i mean they're filling hotel rooms they're filling bowling alleys it, it's that's a big time big time group coming through yeah especially in wisconsin the the state bowling tournament in wisconsin is the largest in the country um by a long 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 shot um so bowling is still a really big deal in wisconsin and you're absolutely right like the scholarship dollars that kids can win for for bowling or just participating in bowling, not even being the best in bowling, just participating, is very significant. So um, definitely a lot of opportunities in the bowling world. Do you have, um, you know, obviously besides the Champion Center, do you have just kind of a, a wish list for the Fox Cities, if you could add a magic wand to say, you know, I, I Fox Cities needs – this and this to, you know, two or three things or what would be on your wish list that if you could have anything? Um, yeah. So turf fields is an interesting one. Um, obviously with playing, extending the season, artificial turf helps tremendously, whether it's baseball, softball, soccer, football, lacrosse fields, you know, with artificial turf. Um, but then there's groups like, FIFA and, and other groups that prefer to play on natural grass. So kind of torn on, on what, you know, the long-term solution is for the best, you know, field um, programs. But I think we need more fields. I think we need more fields of, of diamonds and rectangles. Um, and whether they're artificial turf or really good natural grass, um, I think we need to figure out a way to, to get some more complexes up and out, out of the ground. Indoor turf is, is still definitely a, a need and opportunity for us. Um, it's a tough business um, uh, to, to make work. Um, would love to see a municipality, um, a, a high school, um, someone support uh, an indoor uh, facility with turf for the community to use. Um, and then I think we, we could definitely use uh, a really high-end um, swimming facility. I think swimming um, is is underserved. Um, 
not only from the, the competition standpoint, but from just a recreational standpoint. We have um, obviously a, a great uh, YMCA structure here in the Fox Cities, um, but I think there's still so much more demand for uh, aquatics um, and opportunity for aquatics to do um, large competitions. Um, there's a, a facility in Brown Deer that is good, I would say not great, but they do a, a ton of, of, uh, of swim meets. Uh, Pleasant Prairie down by Kenosha has a, a nice facility. They do, they do some really big meets, but there isn't a ton of great aquatic facilities in the state, the Midwest and the country. They're very expensive to run, but if I could have a, a magic bucket of money to, to build something and operate something, I definitely think aquatics and swimming and diving could could be a great opportunity for the community. Uh, how would a successful one, it's a tough word to say, uh, how, how would that run? How, how would that look? I mean, it, yeah. how would that be feasible? The majority of the, the best ones are on college campuses. Okay. Um, just thinking about my experience at the University of Minnesota, they have a fantastic facility that's in the in the footprint of their old football stadium. Um, that's a, a top-notch uh, facility run by staff of the university, but they host youth, high school, collegiate meets the majority of the year. Hey, you know, you're right with, with, with turf. I know you and I have talked about that over the years. And hey, you, you, you see the success of the Champion Center in the indoor, and, and it – it you know it makes sense to, to have indoor turf, but you're right. What do you do in the summer? Who who's playing there? Um, yeah, what do you do? Use it. It would just be really a tough business model for any nonprofit or for profit to operate. It really has to operate, you know, with some sort of municipal governmental subsidy to to be successful in my mind, or a really generous donor. Um, it's just a, a really tough business because right now it's, you know, February, it was, it would be going very, very strong, but you know, you know, if it is 50 for the next couple of days, people are going to start kicking a soccer ball around outside and, and not <laughs> renting time at your indoor facility. Yeah. So it's a really tough right. business to be successful. How, how is that Brookfield one? I remember going down there, uh, you know, they had a, it felt like they were always struggling, but it was kind of a nice facility. I like the layout. Are, are they still there? Are they going okay? Or last I heard, they were. Um, I haven't heard from them in a long time, though, um, so I'm not sure. Um, I think what you see with a lot of facilities like that is they tend to lean a little bit more, or definitely a lot more local in usage, and they they limit their um, tournament play just because the 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 local demand and league play is so strong they don't necessarily need to do tournaments in the, in the winter months to to make ends meet
Well, Matt, uh, this was great to get yeah. you. This is really kind of what, what we were looking for is just uh, just to kind of understand kind of this, where we are in the Fox Cities, kind of a, a, a look at some of these great facilities and then just a, a look at how you came here and how you became part of the community and kind of what you're doing, what your story is. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. This is this has been great. It's always great to talk to you guys. Um, I, I am a, a long, you know, long play uh, product of, of sports tourism. So I played in tournaments in the Fox Cities as a kid. Always liked it. I have no family here. Um, went to school in La Crosse. Lived in the Twin Cities. When we we're starting to look for uh, a, a place to, to raise our family. You know, we we said, oh, we we always like the Appleton area. It's always been a, a, a nice area to to visit. My wife's from Stevens Point, uh, from the Sheboygan area, and this is kind of you know middle ground. Um, but we had no family here. Um, had some friends that lived in the area, and everyone spoke highly of it. We always liked visiting them, and so you know, we had a positive experience. You know, playing sports in the Fox Cities as a kid. And you know, 20 years later, we we move here and now live here and been here for 14 years. So it took us a while to get here, but we got here. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I appreciate all you do. Um, you know, it, there is so much going on here, and you're just a big part of all of that. You know, I, I I'm just gonna put a plug in. I think you should get some lacrosse tournaments here, but you know, <laughs> my kid only has like three or four more years of high school, so. <laughs> <laughs> you can work with Mikey Zadragon. <laughs> I, I would love to, to I would say I'll say bring back a lacrosse tournament because we had one. I don't know if you're around. We oh. had one for one year with thirty nine teams at USA. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember that was a great weekend. I thought it was a really good event. Heck yeah. There's a lot of things that play there that are limiting us. Yeah. I mean but uh, yeah, uh, uh, I I promise you, uh, if if we can get all across the tournament off the ground, <laughs> I, will, I will push for it. Thank you very much, Matt. We appreciate you being on. Thank you. I, I appreciate the invite. It's great talking to you guys, and uh, keep up the great work. All right, NewsToCast listeners, uh, this week we are going back to the throwback uh, with a preview to March Madness, which is coming up very shortly. We get to sit in front of our TVs and uh, pretend that we're sick so we can watch basketball on Thursday and Friday, or we pretend that we're working at work while we watch basketball on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, exactly. The 14th and 15th. So Some say that's the best time of year. To preview that, we are going back to what year, Joe? Uh, 19, no, Tosh, you threw me off on the tough question. Let's go with 1993, Tosh, 1993. 1993, and uh, we are looking at Lou Karnaseka, who was the winningest coach in St. John's history. In fact, in 1993, that was the year after he was elected into uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame in 1992. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, Tosh, I mean, when he was at at um, 
at St. John's. That th- those were the teams that that was in the wheelhouse when we were watching. Or at least I was watching college yeah. basketball. Those mid eighty teams when you had Georgetown with Patrick Ewing and you had, you know, you you, you had Raleigh Massimino running around and you you had. Um, <laughs> Oh, all the teams, yeah. you know, the some legends. Dukes in North Carolina, and they just, the games were just unbelievable uh, right. college basketball games. And, yeah, he, he was, Lou Karnaseka was just one of those characters. I mean, the coaches, basketball kind of more than anything, and college basketball really more than anything, the coaches are almost the characters, aren't they, of, 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 yeah. of that sport. and. Lou had a distinct face with those glasses and just a short little guy. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, didn't realize until I was looking at he's, he's still alive. He's 99 years old, just had his birthday, uh, January 25th. Yeah. So 99 years old, still, still around. Um, and you know, he had some, you know, probably one of the more famous NBA players for coming out of St. John's was Chris Mullen, um, who went on to have a decent, uh, NBA career as well. So, uh, yeah, you're going to enjoy this, uh, Luke Karnaseka. And if you, you know, you remember those times, you're our age and, uh, it, it was a fun, fun episode. Tosh, when you told me that he was still alive, I almost dropped dead myself. Uh, <laughs> I thought Lou was old in 1985. Lou is 99. Unbelievable. But yeah, he was here at the Red Smith sports award banquet in 1993 at the paper Valley hotel. Jerry Kramer received the Red Smith Award that year. Steve Palermo, who has a great story, we'll tell that here in the next couple of weeks for sure. Uh, he received the Nice Guy Award, and then Lou Carnesecca was the was the main speaker that year. So yeah, sit back and enjoy Lou, and don't forget uh, right below you there, hit that subscribe button. In the meantime, enjoy Lou Carnesecca. <laughs> Red Smith Sports Awards Banquet Throwback The Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin and also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. We're very fortunate tonight to have one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time in the history of basketball in the United States to be our speaker. A big hand to Mr. Lou Carnesecca. Thank you, Bob. I don't want to say this has been a long evening, but when it started, Franklin D. Roosevelt was president. I was so fortunate to work with a great, great coach. You all remember Coach Lapchick as a great strategist, as a great tactician, but he was a man that only had a, an eighth grade education, but he had that rare ability to get diverse personalities and have them blend together. So to Coach Lapchick, I'll be forever indebted. And I can remember the, my first whack at the big time. You guessed it, we're playing Georgetown, that same Georgetown that's caused me all these problems all this year. And I can still remember that night, McDonough Hall, places jumping, going wild. And we have a little ritual. Before we start the game, we'll usually put our hands together and we'll say a little prayer like, Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. Now, I'm not going to say that I was nervous or shook up. When we put our hands together, I started to say, Oh my God, I'm oddly sorry. (laughs) 
Thank God, Bobby Max hits a jump shot in the overtime. We go on to win, of course, then I went on with the New York Mets, what I call the purgatorial period of my life. You know, talking about athletics, and that's why we're here this evening. Uh, it's often maligned. You hear sports, you know, often criticize, but all of you have competed sometime in your lives in athletics. Can you think of a better training ground than playing sports? Where in this world do I youngsters learn how to take orders and not sulk? Where do they learn to take suggestions from their teammates and not get upset? Where do they learn to sacrifice, to give up themselves when a coach says, tonight I don't want you to shoot, I want you to make the pass, I want you to play defense. And another important thing, where in this world do you learn to live with adverse calls? And you and I know they call them. Believe me, it used to cost me $75 a whack tax-free when I was coaching pro ball. And what about when you win? Are you gracious? But I think the most important thing you learn about athletics is what about when you get beat? What about when you get defeated? Do you have the guts to get off that deck and come back the next day? I know we don't like to be winners, so help me God. If I'm on that operating table, I pray to God that that surgeon is a winner, right? Now, we're talking about winning and, and losing. And of course, it's always very, very important. And we know that. But sometimes we're not going to win. Sometimes we're going to get beat. Why not give the other fellow credit? He deserves it. You talked about Mr. Lombardi, Jerry. And I can't tell you, you know, how many times I think of him, you know. He was a Brooklyn fella, coached at St. Cecilia's in New Jersey. But he was famous for saying a couple of things which still stand today. He says, talent is not enough. You have to work hard. The second thing is, you have to get along with people. And he was so right. And he mentioned something else, though, pressure. And I can't tell you how correct he was. Ladies and gentlemen, I think many times you hear a player say he choked, he lumped up. I think that's one of the unkindest things that ever can be said. Because put that certain player in that certain situation, on numerous occasions, he's going to come through especially when they're rookies. Of course they're nervous. Of course they're going to flunder. But put that guy in that same situation, he's going to come through with flying colors. Ladies and gentlemen, you have this affair, and it's no doubt it's been a huge success. And why? Because of athletics. It's one of the greatest common denominators there is. We're all here to pay tribute, yes, but because we really love sports. Now, the victories, the defeats, they're going to be forgotten. But just think of all the marvelous relationships you built up with your friends, with your children. Why? Because of sports. I certainly hope that you'll never lose this feeling because the cordiality, the warmth that is here this evening, I hope that will last a lifetime. I thank you for your support. I salute you, and I wish this program continued success. Thank you very much. Folks, it's that time again, once again, for It's Forgotten and I'm Never Forgetting. So, Tash, what are you forgotten in your world? Well, Joe, um, it, I, I want to forget how impatient our world has become. In the famous words of 
Ferris Bueller. Um, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, uh, you might miss it. And I'm Max. afraid people are trying to move a little bit too fast, you know, flashing headlights on the highway and, you know, standing next to you in the self-checkout, pushing you along and trying to, trying to get you done. And I, I just, the impatience of our society right now is, is at an all time high. I think people like Ferris said, you just need to stop and look around and enjoy what you're seeing and take it in. I love Not that way. So impatient. I agree. Stop and smell the roses, right? Isn't that a saying? That is absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I, yeah, we need to, yeah, relax as, as, uh, Aaron Rodgers once said to the Packer fans, right? Yeah, and, and, and he was correct. <laughs> but no, there's a lot of truth in that, Tosh. I, I try to totally, I take that in a, a lot. I try to concentrate on that. And that, that really does, it makes life a lot better. Because, you know, I don't know, you, you got to pull the humor out of how to uh, just don't take stuff so seriously, right? There's, stuff yeah. happens, right? Stuff stuff happens. Right. In fact. Enjoy yourself. It, it, Absolutely. For sure. In <laughs> fact, Tosh, it's almost, you and I did not plan this, but. Mine actually tags right along with yours. And in fact, it gives an example of, I think these folks implemented what you said and they didn't freak out, but it's, I I went out to dinner on uh, Saturday night and, you know, we, we had a a young server um, talking to her. She was just out of high school, but really, really nice girl. I think she's going to have a great career. She had a great personality. You know, she took it serious. She just knew how to talk to people. In fact, Tash, she she said something that you and I always say about she likes to have conversations, and and I thought that was I was kind right. of blown away by somebody eighteen or nineteen years old saying that. But anyway, she you know won a powder day, and there was a table next to us with a young family. And Tash, I, I I do forget this because you and I have both been servers, bartenders, whatever, back in a previous life. And, and I'm sure this has happened to us. And, and this is what's forgotten for me was that was that life. But it it, it came screeching back to me because she spilled a drink right down the back of the <laughs> little boy. And oh. the family handled it beautifully. They did not freak out. You know, I could tell she was rattled. It was just, you know, it's just it. It happens to any server. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I, as you were telling the story about stopping to smell the roses, this family just, it, the kid handled it great. You know, it was, it was kind of, it was a bad situation to handle really well. And it it reminded me that I had forgotten that I was a server or a bartender at at one time. And (laughs) I'm kind of glad I, well, I have great memories and it was met a lot of great people. I'm, I'm glad I'm not that anymore. So I'm glad that's forgotten. Yeah. Well, with every forgotten Tash, you know, we're, we're never going to forget something. So what are you never forgetting? Well, today, which is uh, February 25th, when we're recording this, which is a Sunday, um, there was a really cool event, and uh, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, retired a number of Chris Chelios. Nice. Chris Chelios was one of the may truly be one of the best American players ever. And I was just thinking back watching this um, about watching Chris Chelios play because Chris Chelios grew up in Chicago. He played for the Badgers. Uh, Then he went on and spent uh, a number of years with the Canadians, obviously nine years with the Blackhawks that they retired his number. Then another uh, like 10 years with nine years with the Red Wings. 
and then still came back and played another year with the Atlanta Thrashers, which people may not remember that team, um, but then got into, you know, front office and coaching and stuff. But truly a great American player. He was great with the Badgers, played on the 1984 Olympic team. Um, just, you know, he was an awesome player to watch. And I remember watching him growing up. So, you know, those, those childhood players that you get to get to see, you don't want to forget those times watching those guys while you were growing up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you recognize that. Yeah, that, that is cool, right? To see a, a player, a Hall of Fame, one of the best ever to play, just to see his career start yeah. to finish and get to enjoy it. Yeah, that's a special thing. It's, I, I love that about sports and, and, you know, that's one of the great things. So, yeah, that, that was cool. I saw some of the clips of that, and that was uh, that was cool to see. The, the Barstool Chicago guys, they, they talk about him all the time. So it's uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, tip of the, well, tip of the cap was- to him. And it also worked out for the Blackhawks. I mean, talking about having record numbers tickets today, Patty Kane came back okay. with the Red Wings playing, and it was his first game back in Chicago after um, he got traded. So there was a huge thing going on there. So, yeah, what a weekend for Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, that's a this was a huge, huge, huge day today with Patty Kane coming back and then Chris Chelios sure. getting his number retired. So. Sure. So, Joe, what, what about you? What do you uh, – Never forgetting. Well, Tash, I'm I'm never forgetting, and it again in my my mail my mail routes they they've had and, and in this incredible weather that we've had the maple syrup has been running, Tash, and yeah. the bags are filling, and I'm never forgetting. I, I I had one great weekend, and this was years ago of of making maple syrup, and it, it if nothing else came out of that weekend, it opened my eyes to the fact that uh, actual maple syrup from a tree is the most wonderful taste maybe ever in the whole entire world it's <laughs> it's not aunt jemima or whatever whatever else we have yep. log cabin uh whatever else name brand is out there that's what i grew up on that's what i thought maple syrup was and that uh, no it's 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 not corn syrup yeah exactly <laughs> so i am never forgetting tash the process of making maple syrup but just real yeah. maple syrup tash and it's yep never thought i'd say it here middle well Close to the end of February here now, uh, maple syrup is running and going. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, they've you know hopefully they have a good season. Uh, they need warm days and cold nights. Yeah. So hopefully the temperature keeps dropping at night and then warms up during the day and should be a good year uh, for those maple syrup harvesters. Yeah, I hope so. It sounds like we have another week of it coming up here. So let's go, let's go. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> well, Tosh, that was. Uh, it's forgotten, and I'm never forgetting. Hum to hay, and another good episode. It was a, a pleasure to talk to Matt again, and always fun to listen to a good old Red Smith banquet throwback. So always, always a hoot, Absolutely. Tash. Always a hoot. Till next week. Thank you for listening to another great episode of the Newsacast. We'd really appreciate it if you hit up our social pages, subscribe, like, follow, and don't be afraid to engage. Head over to our YouTube channel to get exclusive content like the full interviews and speeches from the past Red Smith banquets. for listening to the NoosaCast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so and tell a friend.
A huge thank you to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Help us grow by subscribing wherever you get your pods or sharing the NoosaCast. Follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok, or Instagram. One of the best ways to help us grow is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501c3 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and bring greater awareness for youth sports organizations in Northeast Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays Grant, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes. 